Hello, dear listeners. This is Tony with Full of Brown. This is Grecia, and today Sorry. we and today we have Coach Scott with us today. Yeah, it's Coach Steve Scott, um, whom I known for a long, long time, and I'm really grateful that you decided to uh, to reach out to us and come on the show. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was uh, an easy thing. So, I mean, I'm glad to glad, really? to, be, glad to be here for you sure. Didn't, you didn't think about it? Uh, no. No, it was great. It was awesome. Like you thought about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I uh, when I saw the things that you were doing, I was like, man, yeah, yeah I need to get a hold of him. So yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. So, so uh, for y'all that are listening, he was a coach on my high school, uh, Capitol Hill High School. Um, how long were you there? Four years. You were there only four years. Yeah. Really? So the four years that I was there, you were there. Absolutely. So we left. You left. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I didn't know that. You walked out the door and said, I'm going to. Well, see, what happened was, <laughs> what happened was my senior year, I had to leave. So I didn't graduate from there. Oh. Yeah, that was like the really saddest thing because I couldn't graduate with all the, you know, yeah. the peeps. But yeah. um, anyway, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, currently I'm teaching uh, out in Yukon mm-hmm. and uh, it was the, used to be the, uh, soccer girl soccer coach there mm-hmm. and now i'm retired from coaching soccer right now for the high school so um but yeah i'm just kind of doing that and um just kind of just going day by day yeah so now you're at what high school i'm at yukon yukon okay and you say you're no longer a coach so what do you do right me i teach uh physical education and health Oh, okay. Uh, the people that don't know you, um, tell them your story. Tell them uh, a, more into debt of who you are and what can we learn from you. Yeah. Well, um, the story kind of, you know, obviously um, kind of goes back to, I uh, going back to, for me, always being involved in sports. Okay. Um, played football, played basketball, um, but soccer was my thing. Soccer is what kind of I gravitated to, what I really enjoyed a lot. Um, And so from that, I I made a decision when I was in high school that, you know, I wanted to pursue, I wanted to go play in college. I wanted to, you know, everybody wants to play professional, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has that dream, right? Yeah. And, and, And you definitely need to dream. You need to go after your goals. Set your goals and go after them. And that was mine. And so... I went step by step. I went into college and did my thing in college, played, you know, dealt with that. Um, while I was in college, I had the opportunity a couple different times. Um, I had a chance to go to an open combine for a professional tryout. Um, and so it was, ha- it actually was in Kansas city and a friend of mine, one of my best friends was actually living in Kansas City, so I went up there and just stayed with him. 
uh, for the weekend. It was mm-hmm. just kind of open tryout, like going to the indoor arena here. Okay. And then it would, it would be an open tryout. There was 40 men there. Um, and then the coaches and everybody were there. Maybe some of the players were there watching. And this is college? This is, this is the pro combine right. okay. that okay. I went to. Yeah, this is the pro combine that I went to. I was still in college. Okay, yeah, you, so you were yeah. in college. Okay. I was still in college, but I had the opportunity to go. A friend of mine lived in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So we're like, right, me and, me and uh, two other guys just said, hey, let's go. Yeah, and so we sure. went up there, free place to stay. So it didn't, mm-hmm. wasn't really costing us a whole lot. Yeah. Went up there. Come to, and so we went through the tryout. We were playing everything. Out of 40 guys, um, 40 guys there trying out an open tryout, they only selected two, uh, three, sorry. They only selected three players to stay because at this open tryout, they were going to go ahead and have, see if they, they're going to try to select somebody to invite to training camp in October. Right. Anyway, so once it's all done, we've already, we've played, we've done everything there. Once we've done all that, there was only three guys that were selected. One of them was a goalkeeper who I knew who was from Oklahoma but was living in Kansas City. Okay. He got selected. And there was a, a, another local guy from Kansas City and then myself. Wow. And, you know, and so I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I just got an invite to go play professional. This is, this is, all right, this is happening. Yeah. yeah. Very you unexpected. Know. Yeah. I'm yeah. Well, and, and it goes back into the mindset that I took going in. Right. I wanted to go to the combine. I wanted to go try out. And the whole mindset that I had going into it was just very simple. Mm-hmm. I knew I could play. Right. But it, there was no read for me, no reason for me to put pressure on myself mm. at all. Right. Yeah. Because everybody else can play too. My job was, my whole thing was, I'm going to go and use this as experience for the next one. Mm-hmm. Not expecting anything. I'm just going to go out, play, do my thing. No stress on myself. Well, if you don't put stress on yourself, then you just operate. You just perform yeah. with no thoughts, with no, with no thought, no negative thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's the one thing that I always talk about in class and my health classes. If you keep putting negative stuff in, negative stuff stuff is going to come out. That's all there is. If you don't have positive stuff and and that that self-preservation and those kind of things. Well, in that situation, before I ever stepped onto the field to play in that combine, I made a decision that I was going to gain experience, not expecting to be selected because it was going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Because of the sheer numbers. Yeah. Out of 40, there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The sheer numbers of people there. So I got selected and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we're doing this. Yeah. I got, so now I got a decision to make. Right. right. Yeah. So. Because you're in college at the time. Right, I'm in college. I'm still in school. So now I go back, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, October, you know, so you got the beginning of school. Mm -hmm. You know, you got six weeks, eight weeks before you have the withdrawal passing, withdrawal fail date, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, training camp's not till October, so you'd think you'd have enough time, Mm -hmm. right? No. 
I had less than a week because that withdrawal pass, that withdrawal fail date was a week later. So I had less than a week to figure my stuff out. Right. And, and, and I always said that the first thing was, okay, I've got an opportunity. I've been offered, offered an opportunity. Mm-hmm. The door is open. It's up to me to walk through it. Right. When the door opens, you got a decision to make. You either step in, go through the door, mm-hmm. or and go all in. Or or you or you the door closes and you may not get that chance again. Yeah. And that's the very mindset I had. I said, This door is closing. College will always be here. I will come back if I have to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but what I did was, so I got all the paperwork done, got everything done, the withdrawal passing, because I did it early enough, every one of my classes withdrawal passing. Mm. So I was totally fine. I saved the education side of it because mm. of, but, but the, the part that, you know, really stunk was the fact that I only had about three or four days to figure that out. Right. And get it done. Oh, God. Be, you know. And then for another month or so, I just had to get ready to go. And so that's kind of the process of that, kind of that, that first combine kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So I go and play. I go down there. I'm there for three months, you know, training camp, all that stuff, preseason. And I get the head coach comes over to me and, and says that, that one of the, uh, veterans, one of the veterans that had retired last year decided he wanted to come back. But, you know, the head coach goes, I don't want you to leave. I want you here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to put you on a reserve list because he's coming back. We didn't expect him to come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys played for 15, 20 years in the league. I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to put him back on the roster. Right. Right. So they had that that conversation with me and they wanted, they said, we'll, we'll set you up. We'll put you in. We'll, we'll put you up. We'll get you a place to stay. We'll get you a part-time job. And you, we want you training with us every day. Well, I ended up deciding to go ahead and go back home. Oh. Um, just because of just, you know, things happen, right? Mm-hmm. They happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I go back home. So I go back to go back to school the next semester just keep doing it. The next year, another professional tryout comes out. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Another professional tryout comes out the next year. So, you know, it's posted at the indoor soccer arenas. Uh, it's posted their signs up there, and I was playing with the with the semi-pro team here okay. at that time. And, and me and a couple of buddies, we all, it was going to be in Kansas City, um, the combined we won there's a whole list of different cities that we're going to have it in and kansas city was the closest one so we all just kind of jumped in the car and went to kansas city for a a trial with Mm -hmm. this combine Mm -hmm. you know but you just but not everybody gets accepted because you have to apply you have to pay the fee and apply for it that's kind of how the the combine process works Mm -hmm. okay and basically look at your resume Oh, and because I had that years that year that experience with the pro pro team in Kansas City, it put me at the top of the list. Once I applied, I got accepted to go to the combine, and once I was there, I thought I thought everything was good. Mm. I went there, we got playing, you know, and first fifteen minutes, 
I run across, I reach my leg out to block a shot, hits my leg back. And while I'm in midair, it, mm. I come down on it and turn my ankle, oh. not 15 minutes into the combine, not 15. Minutes in, I'm like, wow. and it's a three day event. I'm like, oh, and that was on the goodness. first day. That was the first 15 minutes, oh. and I'm like, oh. you know, I'm, so basically, I go upstairs. I'm and I'm standing up there watching with coaches the you know probably team administrators things yeah. like that just kind of watching down watching the games i'm on you know, i'm on crutches just staying in there a couple of coaches come by and check on me um and then they they walk away and leave okay and so i didn't think if they, oh, they just come and check on me that's fine and so mm-hmm. and so we're i'm just standing there watching just going golly i just you know what what happened yeah, yeah. why 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 now you yeah know? Well, as soon as I'm kind of talking to myself, right? Remember we talked about negative and negative out. I mm-hmm. try not to think negatively. Matter of fact, for me, negativity doesn't exist in my world. And if it shows up, I don't allow it. I get okay. rid of it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't deal with negativity. I don't allow negativity around me. Mm-hmm. And but that but back then I was kind of going through that. And I mean that has to be really hard though, because you know, First time, you know, you get sent home. You pretty much get sent home, you know, because a veteran decides to come back. And then, you know, here you go trying again, trying to not get, like, discouraged because of the first time. So you go and try again. And then just the first 15 minutes, and it's like, boom. So at that point, I feel like I would have been like, God, why? Why now? Why again? You know, is this not meant for me? Is like, I would just have so many questions. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's the next part of that. Before I could even say that, Mm -hmm. those coaches come back and they had this other guy with them. I'm like, okay, I know the coaches. Who's this guy? Mm -hmm. And and he just starts, he introduces himself, says, hey, I'm so-and-so. And And, uh, these coaches, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they just told me that, w- that they wanted to check on you and, and see how you're doing and said, evidently, you made an impression on these guys. I'll go, really? I'm thinking in my head, I'm going, I've been out there 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a three-day deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he said, well, the guy goes, he goes, well, these coaches want to see you again. Mm-hmm. He said, can you get to Biloxi, Mississippi? That's the next combine. Oh. I said, "Are you?" He said, "Are you available to go to go to the combine in Biloxi?" He goes, "Yeah." I go, "Well, yeah, yeah, I'll be ready. I'll go." And he said, "All right, we'll take care of it. We'll make sure that you you are there because mm-hmm. these guys want to see you." And he said, and then he introduced. He kind of shook my hand, introduced introduced himself again, mm-hmm. and said, "I know I didn't tell you the first time, but uh, but I'm the commissioner of the league, and when these guys come to me." It's my job to make sure that they're taken care of. And if they want to see you, we're going to make them see you. So and that so, was the third guy. That's the third. Guy. Oh, wow. he was the commissioner. The commissioner. He was okay. the commissioner of the league. Wow. And Ooh. his job is to take care of the coaches in the league. Right. And the coaches went to him and said, we want to see this guy uh-huh. again. And, uh, and so that, so then I went to Biloxi, Mississippi. So when you got injured the first 15 minutes, mm-hmm. what was it? It did was you, a, did yeah, you tear anything? No, nah, you... just a turned ankle. Oh, it was just like a twisted uh, ankle. Yeah, I was just blocked a shot. Oh, okay. And b- before I could land, yeah. so you didn't break it. Wow. You just no, 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 no. Oh, no. Wow. It, was, it was like a 
the turned ankle, sprained yeah. ankle. Okay. Sprained ankle. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I was on crutches. I was done. Yeah. Uh, so from that, how far was it when you went to Mississippi? Another month. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was time to heal. Right. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. It was time to heal because I was full board. Because now I go to Biloxi, Mississippi. I show up. Everybody, all the coaches are saying hi. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. And, and so we play and do the thing, everything. Right. I had three coaches come talk to me. While the games are going on, coaches would go talk to different players or, you know, kind of kind of like the interview they do at the NFL football games, at the football okay. combine. They, you know, coaches talk to you and this and that. Now, yeah. it's, it's not as organized as that. I mean, they'll, they'll come find you and you might go sit in a bleacher somewhere and talk or whatever, but they don't have all these hotel rooms that you go meet the coaches in those kind yeah. of things right they don't that's that's big money, oh, gotcha. big money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but so so then so I go home i had three coaches talk to me go home and then on uh, the end of may I don't have the exact date but the end of may on draft day i get a phone call and i answer the phone i was the number five pick for that team it wasn't a roster, so every team had to build. So, you know, and you, there was about 12 mm-hmm. to 13 players on a roster. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was the number five pick for that team. Oh. And I got the phone call and said, how would you like to, da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. just, just the talk. How would you like to be part of the team? Just yeah. nah, we, we drafted you in the number five in the fifth round. We dropped you, drafted you number five for us. And I was like. Yeah, <laughs> and here's here's the trick. This is why I'm, my you know I've always said that my my wife is just amazing because you know it was just a it was a great thing that the support I get from her in this at this time. Okay, right, and so okay, all right. Well, we'll you'll get a packet and those kind of things. We'll have you sign it. Here's your contract and your reporting date and all that. So I get the packet. You know, a week later, or a few days later, I get the packet, you know, and I look at my wife and I go, hmm. She goes, what? I got, I got to report June 1st. She gave me, she looked at me and she's very supportive. It was awesome because it was cool. She was, all right, all right, we'll do it. Well, June 1st is my first year anniversary. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We got married the year prior. Oh, okay. 1996, June 1st. Wow. 1997, June 1st. I had to report to Tupelo, Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> and then that's why I say she's so supportive of everything that I've ever done. And so yeah. it was, it's amazing. So did this mean you had to move? Or I did. She, I moved, I went to Tennessee, or not Tennessee, to Mississippi, uh-huh. to Tupelo, Mississippi, is where I played. Okay. And so I went there. It was about three months. And then my wife and her friends, they would come up periodically okay. to watch the games and things. But mm-hmm. I would go there. I went and there and played. There yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and again, it goes back to that mindset going into, again, that combine. But, you know, but now I had to be accepted. I had to have a good enough resume to be, even be accepted. Mm-hmm. With, so with that Kansas City combine that I was in the previous time. Right. Gave me that professional experience that allowed me to go to this one and get accepted into that league. But I still had to make it. Mm-hmm. I still had to get selected. So the biggest thing is is that mindset going into it 
everybody has a process that you got to go through. Mm. You've got to be able to embrace it, but you got to make sure that you don't put any stress on yourself. There's enough stress already in those situations. Yeah. You don't need to bring it on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so again, with that particular, I talked about the first one, went in with no expectations. I'm just going for experience. Well, guess what? Same, same mindset going into the one into the, the second second one, Mm -hmm. the second one, part a was in Kansas city. Again, the second one, part B was in Biloxi, Mississippi. But I went to that same one with that same mindset. I'm just going to go play. Yeah. I'm not going to expect anything. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get, I'm not, I'm not going to expect anything. I'm just going to go play. There are a lot of good players here. They all have experience at this one. Mm-hmm. You didn't feel the pressure to see like all the other ones? Like, because when you said that you didn't put any stress on yourself, I would not be able to do that. Like, just looking at someone else. Like, I'm a musician. If I go to a place where there's different musicians, like, mm, you kind of look at them, like, side-eyed, like, mm, okay, you're better than me, so I don't like you. You know what I mean? Like, especially in sports, how did that, how did that not become part of your problem to, to look at them and not necessarily start hating on them, but but start with zero negativity i don't know if it's just me i don't know i don't I mean, if i'm a negative uh, person or... i can i can see what you're saying because i think i would say it's kind of common to have that mentality and that mindset but what you have is just something so special because you don't allow those thoughts to come into your head yeah you know yeah. right you you know you know who you are you know your purpose and you know what you have to offer so with that comes like the rewardings of everything yeah Yeah. and that's that that's kind of the whole mindset is you know when i was coaching you you guys at capitol hill Mm -hmm. it wasn't that the talent wasn't there it was there Mm -hmm. the talent was everywhere yeah it wasn't that how to play the game wasn't there it was there I mean, literally, we could have just pulled up, sat on a bench, and the games would have gone pretty well. Yeah. But the only difference is that that we had to instill was discipline, which made everybody more organized. Yeah. And then talking about a championship mentality every single day. And all we needed was two guys to buy into it, and then everybody else joined along. Yeah. It was Victor mm-hmm. and Jaime. Yeah. Those two guys bought in, and they had that mindset, and everybody else, they didn't have a choice. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So It's contagious. Can, very contagious. Yeah. And so when you when you talk about going and doing things at another level, whatever it may be, in sports, life, fam, whatever, it's having this championship mentality that like you just said it, there's enough people trying to beat you down anyway. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to beat yourself down? Yeah. Yeah. You have something you enjoy, you have something you like to do. Right? Yeah. They're going to bring it at you. Get out and just have fun with what it because you have confidence in what you love to do. And in that moment, 
both those moments, again, two different professional tryouts selected both times. That doesn't happen. No. And here's, and here's the thing. If you go and look at the percentage of athletes, student athletes that from high school that go to college and play in college, it's a small percentage Mm -hmm. from that, from those college athletes that go to play at a professional level, it is even a smaller percentage. I mean, you're talking probably 0.1.2% when you're talking about soccer. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's, that's what I'm talking about is if you go in expecting something and it doesn't happen, you're result oriented. If you go in not expecting results other than the fact that I'm confident in what I do and we're going to go do this and we're going to go to the next one, mm-hmm. we're going to do the next thing, whatever that may be. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, so that's you know, the hashtag embrace the process hashtag release the pressure. That's, that's my, that's my, that's my call yeah. right there. And that can just go with anything in life, you know, because I can just say in relationships, you know, with your spouse, with anybody, you go in expecting something, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. You you just got to gotta embrace it and and you know just do what do what you can do what what you know is best for yourself for your partner for your family but just don't expect anything because i feel like that's when you get that's when you can get led down the most when you go in with expectations and here's the third the third hashtag if you've really kind of seen is that i always put on there is servant attitude everything i do it has nothing to do with me everything i do has to do with the person across from me or somebody else you have that you have that servant attitude when you have that servant attitude you don't expect anything in return things mm. things happen in more of a positive manner than they do ever in a negative manner for sure, you know, and I, I, I tell some of some of my classes. I just tell them. I say, you know, here, just try to do something for somebody today. Just do one thing, mm-hmm. because when you do one thing, something inside you feels good. It's yeah. natural. For sure, as a human being, it's natural for us to feel that way. When we do good for somebody, we feel good. Mm. We don't get that same feeling when somebody gives us something. I'm actually shy. I, I can't receive gifts. I don't know if that's a. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Like if somebody gives me a gift, I feel so weird. But I love giving gifts to other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there is a more of a reward when you give than when you receive. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah so okay, here's gonna be my question, and I don't want to sound like a negative Nelson. Oh come on. but i I think with there's got to be a a a behind the scenes process of how to turn that off uh when 
and this is not just talking about me like anybody uh when you go through a process that has been so lengthy you know and 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 you are like reaching out to every opportunity you can get and everything doesn't go your way you with with that story you had three opportunities right or, or three open doors kind of to call them that um the to me and i'm not saying that like i does not that's not who I am. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of people that struggle with the negativity that is inbuilt within them mm-hmm. and the negativity that you receive around you all the time. Like if you grew up with a, a, a not even a household, but people around you that throw at you negative energy all the mm-hmm. time, like since right. you were a kid, oh, my God, uh, my grandma, for, I don't know, I'm using an exit example. Yeah. Uh, you're so stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so dumb. Or, and then that kind of sticks behind you. You get to kindergarten and you can't write the letter S. And the teacher's like, oh, my God, you're so stupid. From like a child to when you get older, when you get a bunch of negative energy and negative comments all the time and your opinion. How is it that to turn that off out of nowhere and all of a sudden have that change of a lifestyle? You know, you know, exactly. I mean, it's, it's good that you brought that and you asked that question because I actually cover that in my class. Yeah. I actually cover that. And when I talk about, you know, you sur- first off, one of the things is you look at who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And you do a deep dive into the people around you. Who's the positive? Who's positive has a little, brings something negative? Who's more negative? Who brings negativity all the time? Mm-hmm. You have to really deep have a deep dive with the people around you. Because... What you're getting bombarded with, yeah. <laughs> it's not coming from you. Mm. It's coming from your surroundings and the people you you are with. Yeah, right. But here's the thing: one of the one of the videos and one of the things that 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 I I show the number one thing that breaks that cycle. We already talked about it. Go do something for somebody else, and slowly but surely. That reaps the positive, and that positive becomes more and more a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And it stops being about the negative situation yeah. or the negative person that's really eating at you. You just make a decision that, you know what, so and so is negative. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it doesn't yeah. mean that they don't have to be your friend. But when you're in control of the situation, you feel much better. And I think that sometimes, and I don't know if you can agree with this, but sometimes I think the problem is that we embrace that negativity and we make it our own. Uh, especially, like I said, if you've been surrounded by a bunch of it, like, you know, they start throwing knickknacks at you, you know, they're calling your names. When you make them your own, it's whenever you started telling yourself that. Because you're not born with a negative, you know, with a negative mindset. It's it's installed in you. Um I don't know if, if you've heard this. Uh, it's a saying in Spanish, which I don't even know how to even translate it. Um, it's basically given the example that a tree that is uh, 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 growing crooked, it can never be straightened up again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or I, I heard this in English: uh, bread can never, uh, toast can never be bread again. You know, I actually don't believe that. I always feel like you can always get rid of the top of the negativity on that tree 
chop it off, water it with whatever you need to, and regrow it. But it does start from the bottom. You know, uh, so, and this is the problem that I have, especially me, that I I struggle with mental health. Mm -hmm. That I always attach these negative uh, stigmas that people throw at me, and I make them mine, Mm -hmm. even if it's not true. Right. Like no matter what it is, I and I, I said this. Well, I don't think I said it before, but I used to surround myself with a lot of negative people, and that they disguise it as positive. So sometimes you have to do your homework and actually be like, okay, you have to analyze your life. Which one is really there to bless me? Which one is really there to make me the person that I'm supposed to be? Because sometimes those negative things disguise themselves as something positive and it's mm-hmm. not really that well i'm telling you you're ugly because i'm your friend you know like or i'm telling you this and sometimes it's like mm, really though like yeah. you know and i think that's at least with me mm-hmm. i don't know with you guys i think embracing that negativity is a big part of it because i can like hearing you talk about what you just said i put myself in your shoes mm-hmm. like if i would have gone to that first um uh was tryout I would have been so stressed out. Like, I would have been like, oh, my God. Like, there's so many better players. And And as you were talking, I kind of asked myself, like, why did I ask all those questions? Why did all of a sudden I lost faith of who I am, Mm -hmm. of what I can accomplish, uh, what I can uh, uh, be in life? And I think that's what stops a lot of us. Yeah, from being who we're supposed to be. That yeah. I mean, like I said, ultimately it comes down as does, it doesn't matter how much negativity. If you have negativity, it's hard. Yeah, it's real. It's a real thing, and it is hard. But just simply doing one simple thing, serving someone else, not expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. One simple little thing a day, one simple little thing will start to bring you around. That feeling you get for helping somebody else, mm-hmm. there's nothing else like it. And you won't get it any other way. Yeah. We're all we're all we're all here. We're all here to look out and be for each other. We're not here to be self serving. We're here yeah. to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And the more that I can do my part for what I can can control mm-hmm. more than I do what I can and what I can control, the better I feel because that's the other side of it. Yeah. You get a lot of people get stressed and you're talking about mental stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mental health, things mm-hmm. like that. People get stressed, anxiety, those kind of things. You know, it's a real, it's a real thing. Sure. And, and sometimes it becomes, something that someone feels trapped and they're not in control of the situation or they don't feel like they can be in control of the situation. And that goes back to that negativity thing. For me, If I, I always look at in this situation, can I control it? If I can't control this situation that's going on right now, mm-hmm. I'm done with that situation. I'm done with it. I, I tell tell this to my classes all the time, I, you know. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's not easy. But when you can, st- you're talking about 
that championship mindset on the athletic field, changing a mindset so that we can go out and perform and play for a state championship, or we can go out and we can go to professional combine two times and get selected two times. Yeah. Which doesn't happen. (laughs) You know, those kind of things are putting yourself into situations that you can control and having a mindset that when you can't control that situation, you're okay with getting out of it. Right. If you can't change it, if you can't change it, it doesn't matter how much, how much you and I can dislike each other. You cannot like me and we can go back and forth in the all day. But the simple fact of the matter is I can't control the way you think about me. I can't control the way you talk to me. Mm-hmm. I can't control what you feel about me. So we can agree to disagree and I can remove myself from that situation. Until I see in my eyes that it's a better situation. Right. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that kind of goes back to that process, embracing that process, releasing the pressure. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Was there anything in your process that you found really hard to do? Example, you said earlier that sometimes you have to look at who's around you. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily cut them off from your life, but right. maybe cut them off from your uh, mental state, if you, if you can say that, because they're never going to leave the world. You right. Know? Um, is there something like that that you had to cross paths and learn something from it? Like, for example, that removing a person or removing uh, a feeling along the way, because I, I find that every time you go through a big process like this, that the outcome, you know, is going to be grand. There's mm-hmm. always going to be a pebble in the in the path, and you're mm-hmm. going to step on it. It's going to be super uncomfortable. Yeah. What was that for you? I think it just comes again. It comes down to understanding the the idea. Again, this is again a mindset thing for me. And if you, if you notice everything I'm talking about, it all has to do with the mindset. Yeah. yeah, it's a mindset on attacking the performance on a on an athletic field. Um, it's a mindset on how I deal with negativity. It's a mindset on how I deal with other things that I can control or can't control. the The other side of that is perception is reality. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. If you can get yourself, and this one's this one's hard, but if you can get yourself to think about, and and you think about your high profile coaches, your high profile athlete, athletes, they have no choice. And maybe it's because I was a professional athlete, maybe because I was a college athlete, and and I was a coach in a town, and everybody knew you at a previous school before mm-hmm. Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. If I was, if I was, because I was there and everybody knew me, I had to understand that everything I did was under a microscope. Mm. So the mindset is for those that aren't in those experiences or hope to be in one of those, those situations, i.e. maybe it's college athlete, maybe it's professional athlete, maybe it's just being, getting through the high school athlete or being a high school student, those kind of things operating on a perception is reality mindset will save you so much Yeah. before, because, because you're thinking about before I do this, before I make this decision, 
before I make this decision, what are the potential outcomes of this decision? What's the good side of this? What's the bad side of this? Right. Now, I don't, it, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't happen that slow. I mean, it happens pretty quick, but I'm very cognizant of the idea and the mindset of perception is reality. And, and sometimes perception is reality, even when it's not true. Mm. We talk about the circle that we hang out with, yeah. right? Talk about the cir- circle you hang out with. You're hanging out. You're doing absolutely nothing wrong. So-and-so gets in trouble or does something. They get busted or they get caught or whatever they're doing. Doesn't, yeah. you know, whatever it is. It could be anything. But now all of a sudden, you are, you're nowhere near that situation. You may not even know it happened. But because you are in that social circle, because you are known to be with that individual... You are now labeled because perception is reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. For sure. You know, even when it's not true, had nothing to do with whatever went on, don't even know what went on. But you get put into that because everybody knows that you hang in that situation or you hang with that person or whatever. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I the- watch, I watch a lot of crime shows. <laughs> and so it's like that. Like if they're, you know, if this guy over here committed a crime and killed someone, raped someone and they know, you know, the neighbors were like, Oh, well these other people hang out with him. So they go investigate his whole crew, his, yeah. all his friends. And so, I mean, yeah, that that's, that's so true. You know, and, you know, so the combination of all of that kind of goes back to kind of the mental state of, to be honest, I'm pretty chill, laid back. Mm -hmm. I'm typically pretty quiet. Yeah. I don't say, I sit in a room, I'll listen. I won't say anything unless I need to say something, you know. Yeah. So I have a question. How did you get to this mindset? Like, you know, just what brought you to this positive mindset to to just be so positive and to not focus on the negative, you know? What's the formula like that you had to get to that point? I think it's just experience. Yeah. You know, and, and I say experience. It probably wasn't until after... I've already had, you know, already had a career. You so know? it's not something you it's grew not so, up with? It's not. I, I mean, I think my mindset when I was younger mm-hmm. was very simple. I was, the, I was the guy on the field that played hard. I was very confident in how I played. And I made sure that you knew about it. What about- <laughs> I made sure you knew about it. I mean, I I, I talked a lot of smack. <laughs> <laughs> I talked a lot of smack. I mean, because again, we're we want to go to the mental side of this. Yeah, yeah. I was testing their mentality on yeah. if they were strong, men- mentally strong or mm-hmm. not, to handle the situation that I was about to bring them. Mm. And they might be a better player than me, but I can see quickly by how they react. Right mentally if i can if i can actually get into their game and maybe bring them down a bit to where now i've got a little bit of edge or maybe we're even now yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so i played yeah. i played mental games as much as i did you know with mm-hmm. with 
within the game. Yeah. And so, I mean, so that drive, that drive and, and always wanting to test the people around me to see how, how far that could go Yeah, from a mental aspect, never physical, never a physical aspect. It was never, it was never fighting. It was never, you know, hurting anybody or anything like right. that. It was all, if I can get in your mind, I own you, mm. you know, and, and so that's <laughs> yeah no and and i and i and when you say that it's so true because i played flag football yeah. and so a previous game you know i wasn't on the teams that were playing but someone did mention they were like well maybe they were losing and then so they were trying to catch up and then they were like well maybe if we can get into their heads and you know get them mad at each other as a team you know we can start making some plays and scoring and i was just like yeah, I mean, you can definitely do that because there's a lot of people just that play, and once they get mad, it's game over, and they quit playing pretty much. Yep. You know, they they lose their their focus of winning, and they just start getting mad with one another, and it just goes down. But um, my other question to what I just asked you, and if you don't want to, we we don't have to touch go into deep into details with it, but your childhood you know growing up me personally i was raised um i wasn't raised bad i feel like i talked down so much about my childhood but my dad was very hard on me mentally and so it was very hard for me to to just be me and to see all the good stuff that i could accomplish and so i just never thought i was I just never felt like I was a good enough person in general. And so, you know, you you just seem so like, were you raised that way? Like, just, it, or was there it anything? It was probably, it was probably, and looking back and with what you're saying, mm -hmm. looking back, it was probably just the fact that it was me okay. in the field. Um, I never had anybody watching me ever play. Personally, yeah, no, same. Like my parents my, never went to my soccer. I never games. had. I never. And you know, my senior night was when my parents showed up, and that was it. But all through club, wow, dropped me off. I would play, and I would. They'd either come pick me up, or or you they would, or they would, or I'd get a ride. Um, and then in high school. I just played. Yeah. I mean, I was so I was always so driven. It was always probably probably why it's so easy for me, because I didn't have anybody. And unfortunately, there's a lot of parents that talk in the athletes' ears after the game mm -hmm. when it's not needed. Oh, you for talk sure. about feeding negativity into a situation. If your son or daughter made a mistake in a game where you don't think they don't know. You don't think the coaches talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and then they home. get in the car and they get drilled again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's severe. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's a conversation, which yeah. is okay. Yeah. But then sometimes it's a severe situation. And now you're talking about the mental side of it again. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. So I, became, so I have this, now that you brought it up, that's the first time I've ever thought about that yeah. when you asked that question. 
that could be the reason why I kind of look at things the way I do, because I've always looked out for yourself, me, and and I was playing for not me, but mm-hmm. I was playing for the team. Yeah, and that's who I. So I was always playing hard. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you were you were you were just very dedicated. You know, a lot of people can go on the field and oh, I dedicate this game, you know, to my parents, to to whoever. And, you know, you dedicated that that each game, I'm sure you dedicated it to yourself and to your team, you know? And so, I mean, that just speaks volumes of who you are as a person because, and my mom, she recently asked, she's like, why did I never go to your soccer games? And I'm just like, I don't know. Why didn't you? You know? I was the only, I'm, I'm a family of three. And so my brother, he never played. My sister, she never, I mean, she probably played like basketball or volleyball in middle school. And I remember my parents, my dad, he went to her game. But, I mean, you can ask them, did they ever go to one of my soccer games? And I only played high school. I didn't play, you know, club or anything like that. I, I, I used to live in Las Vegas. And my dad, he was the one that got me into soccer. And he got me training with a team in soccer, in, in Las Vegas. And he was a coach. But he trained a lot of... I was the only girl that he was training at the time. Like, I was training with guys, which I thought was really weird. Um, but it made me more competitive. It made me more... I mean, I had to keep up with them. You know, I couldn't... You know, I just... I, I was... But I don't... I, I look at it and think about it i don't know why i never played in vegas i never played he would just have me go out there and train with them and you know it was i never had anything bad happen to me thank god but it was very um i think it did i wasn't very good either when i played in high school i was jv i never played varsity but i was always very competitive and i think it was because in training when i first started playing soccer I trained with a whole bunch of guys that were just super rough. And if I was bleeding from my nose, they were like, tough it out type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, are you okay? You know, take a little time break. No, it's like, put some ice on your nose and keep keep playing. Yeah. But, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I can totally relate on not having anybody on the field. But, I mean, I think me mentally, I was... Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the big purpose you did and to continue playing soccer, but it's amazing that even though you didn't have the support of your parents, you saw it, you saw like the good, the good in it. You know, you saw that they didn't have to, you you didn't have to hear them griping at you after every game, because I feel like maybe that's how my dad would have been like, oh, you weren't doing this, you weren't doing that. And I was just, I would have, I'd have been like, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm sure there's some out there that kind of run into that every now and then yeah Yeah, but i think that's the beautiful thing about different and this is why i love doing this that i get to see different lifestyles and different mentalities that i can learn from see when you're talking about that you didn't have anybody there um i didn't either i i mean you know i didn't either but my mentality was completely different than yours you went straight to, you know what? It's going to make me a better person. I'm going to just focus on myself. I think I did it backwards where I was like, these heifers, like, why aren't they here? Like, and I focused on that. And and that took a lot away from the main goal. And, and 
again, like what she said, like I don't, I don't, we don't, we're not saying this to bash our parents or or to bash, because I feel like everybody goes through something for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like the the things that I got neglected neglected as a child now or before has helped me now become the person that I am now. So I mean, it's just I feel like it was just meant for me to do that, you know. That's what I like most about the this podcast that I that I have because I feel like I can learn from an, every different background. Me being the person that I didn't grow up with any support, um, that it traumatized me hell yeah, probably, you know. But looking at your story, one thing I can learn is that it can be shift shifted. That it can be fixed. That it can't be um, bettered. That's not a word. That it, it can be uh, better. Not bettered. It can be better. Uh, j- just because... Um, buttered. Buttered. <laughs> that sounds good, too. Um, and, and I don't know. Just listening to you, honestly, it, it brings me in a weird... Well, it's not weird to me, but... It brings me peace to be able to see uh, that it, it is possible. Because when you grow up on, you didn't grow up here, but people that did grow up on the South Side, for example, a lot of us grew up with that mentality that we were not going to succeed. And I feel like I had a lot to do, with, again, with our surroundings. Uh, there was a couple of teachers that would tell me, like, like okay, you just... You, know, you ain't. Yeah, you ain't. Mm. <laughs> but for some reason, when they told me, I didn't believe it. But whenever it was somebody like my parents or or somebody that I felt really close to and they said, you know, you're not going to do it, that it hits different. So the, um, the fact that you didn't let that bother you and that you didn't let it turn you into a person that I can regrettably say like me, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing to be able to see you and 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 strive to think that one day I can have that mentality because it, it's like you said it's possible, but it's it's hard to shake that off. It's really super hard to shake off that negativity. Uh, now um, I've I've done this podcast for like a year and a half now. It's about to be a year. I had to shed a lot of people off, honestly. And I, I said this in another episode mm-hmm. where more most at that time. There was more people telling me that it was a bad idea than that had people that were like, yeah, yeah, do it. Out of the 10, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, fake number 10 friends to were supportive. But I had to learn to to be able to kind of just shred those things off and, and actually know what I'm doing, that I know that this has a purpose, that no matter what goes you said in life, they are for a reason. If you have a passion within you, there is a reason behind that passion. This is something that you're supposed to do. Now, the point from A to B, that's a different ballgame. <laughs> to get from A to B, there's going to be, you know, work zones. That you're going to have to pause a little bit. There's going to be like detours. We're going to have to turn to the left and then to the right. For but sure. at the end of the day, we're still getting to B. That's that process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've never seen it that way until you just described it that way where... Things happened to you that could have destroyed you, if I can say it that way, but they didn't. You 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 literally picked the situations up and like, eh, let me put this towards my future. Yeah. You know, instead of focusing on the negative, you're like, 
You're, you know, I'm fine. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to do something. And it helped you become the person you are. Yeah. Like I said, whatever whatever that goal is. And for me, that goal, like every <clears throat> most every athlete wants to do, is, you know, be that professional athlete. Yeah. There was never a situation uh-huh. uh, that I just ever thought that I wasn't going to attempt mm-hmm. to get there. I didn't know if I was going to. Really? But I knew that I knew that I was going to give it a shot. And yeah. that that goes back to that first that first professional combine that I went to at tryout, open tryout I went to. Because the first one was an open tryout. The second was an invitation combine. Mm-hmm. But when I went to that open tryout, I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna go do it. Gonna go have fun. I wanna I wanna go I wanna I wanna be a professional athlete. Let's go see if I can do it. Yeah. And if I if I can't do it, <clears throat> okay, I can't do it. Yeah. You know. And At so, least you and, tried. Right. And then there there goes that idea about I'm not putting any pressure on myself. I'm gonna go play the game that I love. Mm-hmm. So you did all these tryouts, you get into the pros. Right? You start June 1st, 1997. What happens? I play the season out. I was the backup, the backup keeper, sixth attacker, because it was indoor. No. Backup keeper, sixth attacker, and uh, and then also uh, defender. And I played, played a little season. Actually, I was the first player, because in the league, they had a rule that if the goalkeeper scored – from anywhere they, they had a scoring system indoors where they had a two-point line it was like an arc mm-hmm. so if you shot from outside the arc it was a two-point two-point goal instead of one point mm-hmm. so any goal any regular goal was a one-point goal and then they had an had an arc out it Similar to the distance, like uh, what would be like the red line at like ISA, mm. yeah, the red line that's out there, it, um, something similar to that. But it was an arc, mm-hmm. and it was like a it was. A, and so if you sh- if you scored a goal from out there, then it was a two point goal. Well, if the goalkeeper scored from anywhere, it was a three point goal. Oh, I was the first goalkeeper to score in the league in league history. It was a free kick. The ball came, ball came in. I, I go running across as the one of our players shot it, and I jumped up and headed the ball, flicked it in, and so we got three points on that goal because I got because I was I was literally with about I don't know about three feet from the goal line, mm-hmm. and the teammate took a shot. I just ran through and flicked it mm-hmm. because I flicked it. Then it's three points versus two points. And wow. so I was the first one in league history to to, to do that to get a th- uh, score as a goalkeeper. Yeah, wow. mm. yeah. So how so, many seasons did you play? Um, both. It was that one that one full season, mm-hmm. and I had the invite to go. The franchise changed mm-hmm. and actually moved to Pensacola. Oh. And they called me in. Where's Pensacola? Florida. Florida. Okay. Yeah. I was like, and they sounds wanted, familiar. Yeah, and they wanted me to. They asked me if I. They wanted me to join them in Pensacola, and that at the time, there was some things going on, um, and so I just, 
I just went ahead and went back home. But <laughs> this is where the story goes. This is another part of the story. Mm, okay. I ended up refing professionally in that league that very next year. Oh, wow. So I was, I've, I've played professionally, refereed professionally, and coached semi-professionally. So wow. I'm all, every level. So we talk about like a mindset, a higher level mindset, a uh, championship mindset, the mentality that it takes. When you're, when you, when you're constantly on that level, mm-hmm. you can't allow negativity to be around you. The only difference between a, a good player and a great player or a really good player or a great player and a professional player, the difference is mentality. The difference is mentality in most times I would bet that it's something negative with that great player. For sure. Mm. That great player has the ability to be a professional, but the mentality, they'll never be a professional. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, back when the energy, Oklahoma City Energy first got here and Jimmy Nilsson was the head, was the coach, when he went out and looked for players, they had to fit his style. Because, I mean, because I, I actually, he actually had said this at one time. They had to fit his style. But the mentality, they had to have the, the mind of a professional. Mm-hmm. If they if he went and watched a player and they didn't have the they didn't treat everything they did like a professional they weren't put he wasn't picking them up. So the difference between a great player that has all the ability to play at that level and a professional athlete the difference is the mentality that it takes. There's a lot of really good players, a lot of really great players, but there's a reason why they don't go. It's mental. Yeah. And I can say that because I've played professionally and I've refereed professionally. And I can say it 100%. The difference between a great player and a professional player is 100%. It's their mentality yeah. and how they approach things. And if you, they let the negativity in, they're never going to have the ability to be a professional. For sure. Not, not on the level that they need to be at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then it kind of ties all that. Everything we kind of ties back into that that mental aspect, controlling things that we can control, embracing the process, don't put undue pressure on ourselves, all that stuff. Nor- Did you coach anywhere else before Northwest Classic? Or wait, Cap- 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 Hill. Hill. Sorry, sorry, and sorry. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's so many schools out here. I cannot keep track of them. <laughs> I went to four of them, so yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Make a note. We got to edit that out. <laughs> yes, please, because everybody's gonna come after me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to any of the South High schools, so I'm yeah. sorry. I can... The one, the one right by my house? No, that's U.S. Grant. I know. That, that was the big rival. <laughs> yeah, U.S. Grand was a big rival, yeah. Of Capitol Hill? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Anyways, did you coach anywhere else but U.S. Besides Capitol Hill? Oh. Not in Oklahoma City. Not in Oklahoma City. Okay. Okay. I, I do agree with uh, the thing that, um, you know what they say that um, kill them with kindness? I feel like maybe we should reverse that into kill ourselves with kindness. I think a lot of the times... We're just really bad on ourselves. We're too hard on ourselves. Yeah. 
And I think, again, going back to the negativity, I think not only do we embrace it, but we simmer with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we learn to live with it. And we learn to uh, uh, walk the day-to-day with it. I do focus a lot on the negative around me. And, And hearing your story, it really has me asking myself, why? Why am I focusing on that when there is so much more and and you know what there's so many positivity that people call upon you mm-hmm. that we reject there's a lot of people that come and say you're gonna do this and i, I believe in you you're gonna go ahead and do it but our own self-doubt pushes that all the way down for sure so um it's amazing to see you and to believe that it is possible to be able to literally pick all those things that you have in your soul, picking them one by one and believing at the very bottom that dream that you were engraved in mm-hmm. at the beginning of your life. Because we're all on this earth for a reason, to do whatever we were meant to do. Maybe we didn't figure it out right away, maybe not, you know. But I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling this to myself. Let's start focusing on the positive and let's start killing our own selves with kindness mm-hmm. instead of, you know, killing each other with kindness, which is, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. I need to kill my own self with kindness and sure. allow myself to believe that there's great things for me too. Yeah. You asked about, again, how do you break that cycle? Yeah. And that, then I go back to that video that I show mm-hmm. in class. And one of the things they, that, that they talk about is do those that and it's it's actually there's actually data points on it those that went and did something selfless for somebody else it broke that cycle that yeah. they, that so many people find themselves in so many times the formula is to stop focusing on yourself do something for others and focus on the positivity that is installed within you you know, and, and, was, go ahead. and that's so true. I mean, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I'm just now, you know, about to be 25 years old. I'm barely just learning how to actually focus on myself because growing up, you know, I did whatever I could to please my mom, to please my dad, to, to be this great daughter. You know, my parents migrated to this country for, and I just, growing up, I just felt like it was never good enough. So that's what I focused on, you know. I just focused on, you know, I instead of enjoying, like, high school and the two years I went to college, I didn't get to enjoy myself, my life, because I was so much focused on, well, what are my parents going to say? What are my parents going to do? You know, what if it's not good enough for them? What if, you know, I discourage them because I go out and do something crazy for once, you know? And so, yeah, we can focus on others as well, but I feel like when you have focus so much on others that you lose yourself you have to like reconnect with yourself first before you start giving to others and i feel like a lot of people can relate to that especially nowadays people i feel like you know the whole mental health awareness is like 
very big right now and I don't want it I don't I don't want anybody to see it like as a trend because I have seen a lot of people speak on it like oh now all of a sudden everybody has anxiety and everybody has this this and that it's like no we've always had it we just didn't know we had it you know I mm-hmm. never I never knew I had anxiety until I was pregnant like I remember being pregnant and sitting getting like my makeup I was doing my makeup and Something was brought upon me and I couldn't breathe. I was like, <gasps> I was just like, I I was freaking out. And it was, it wasn't, it was for no reason. But at the moment, it was a big, very reason to me. Yep. And it's just like, but you can't, you, how can you explain, explain this to someone, you know? How can you be having a panic attack and anxiety attack over, it's so hard to get all these other people to understand you and that's why you just have to learn how to understand yourself and and be there for yourself when others can't be there for you because growing up trying to please everybody is very hard mentally and so but I definitely agree with you with with spreading some kindness to someone and what you receive is like a thousand times better because when I do do something for someone, it's amazing. You know, it. I I love giving back. Like, if I have cash, I always like to give it to the homeless people. Um, and I always used to, like, be against it. And one time I reflected on, well, my dad always used to give money to the homeless. He never... He never questioned it, never cared. And so now if I can give back to anyone, doesn't matter how much it is, it just, I feel like I do something good because you don't hear God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Like just what they say when you do give them something. And it's just, I think that's so sad because we, I I feel like we should hear that from like or surroundings more than we should from a stranger when you're giving them something and but it's such a like it's such a warm feeling when god bless you have a great day yeah or stuff like that and it's just amazing or even when you just hold a door for someone and it's always i don't i don't get grossed out or take it offensively but it's always like the older men and i'm talking like older older like 50, 60, or not 50, that's not old, like 60, 70 year old man. And they'll be like, oh, thank you, pretty lady. You have a, such a pretty smile. And you know, and you're just opening the door for them. And I'm like, oh, you're welcome. Stuff like that. And it's just like little things like that we can do for other people that just, that's, that's kindness. You know, you don't have to go out of your way and do something extreme for someone. Yeah. It's just putting a little bit of positivity out, out there. Yes. Because if you just put a little bit of positivity out there, Somebody's gonna run into it, and that's just what we need. Some, yeah. Somebody's gonna run into it, and if you think about it, it may seem like a big deal, mm-hmm. but to that person, that day, that moment, may have just made their day for sure. And, that's, and, and it's something that you think it's just simply holding a door. Well, yeah, holding a door may have just changed that person's life for that day because you never know what they're going through. Yep. Yeah. Moral of the story: We just need to be kind. To one another, you know, you know, tell anyone you see, have a great day, mm-hmm. smile, smile to one another, quit looking at each other with this 
just angry face. Like, like a face. Like, like yeah. who are you? I don't know if I can make my face look like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't do YouTube. <laughs> my face is like, ugh. <laughs> No, I agree, though. I do agree. I don't think... I mean, imagine if we were all really kind. I, you know what I mean? Can you imagine the difference? Especially if we were kind to ourselves. Yeah. You know? And to others. And to be able to um, hear each other. You know, just simply uh, hearing each mm-hmm. other. You don't have to necessarily understand. We're not always going to understand. For sure. You know, um, you're a soccer coach. You're a soccer player. I think I... I'm not. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I can't learn from you. That doesn't mean that, you know, even though I did play soccer for a while, I wasn't good at it, mm-hmm. you know. But for a second, we connected. You know, for a second, you and I connected. Oh, for sure. And so why not do that, you know, and, and, and start removing just everything negative, you know, yeah. including our own thoughts. So I have um, a couple questions. For you, um, just stuff that I've been thinking about. Just because my boyfriend, he 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 is white, and he teaches at a you know tough middle school. It's very big Hispanic school community. Um, so he has never played soccer in his life, and he was a soccer coach last year. Um, Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, you know, he did it very just willingly. He He's a very big football player. Um, but he was, I don't know, because of COVID, he couldn't do football. But so he took on this opportunity and he enjoyed it. Like he's doing it again next year. But he struggles a lot getting, getting not connected with the Hispanic students, but like just getting them to understand like, the purpose of winning and to have to have fun but to also win because man those little kids i mean it's different middle school and high school but you know how were you able were you able to connect right away with your students or did it take you a while since you know the whole white mexican thing or because i feel like he he doesn't feel like he can connect with them because he's white and they're mexican and they speak spanish and he doesn't did you struggle? Well, I I knew both me and my assistant coach. We knew we knew some of the boys okay. previously from you know being down at the indoor arena quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you you grew up going to ISA? Um, I was down there. And I played on the on the semi pro team there, and semi pro uh, teams played in there. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, indoor, indoor soccer. Yeah, on that grass, that a turf. turf. It's Tomorrow. turf. It's turf. That itchy to me. That's all I know. It's not itchy. <laughs> You're tripping. <laughs> You're probably just allergic to it. <laughs> probably. I never knew. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I wait. But, hold on. Time out. I never knew they had a indoor pro. I I actually. Yeah. Little 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 backstory of me. I actually used to work for them. Yeah. For ISA. Okay. I used to work with Carol. Um, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, she was my boss. I worked at the corporate office with her. Okay. Um, so before Carol mm-hmm. is when they had the semi-pro team. Oh. The previous owner before Carol. What's his name? Chico. Yeah. yeah. He didn't own Soccer City, did he? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because okay. when the he ended up opening up Soccer City when he sold the, mm. that to Carol. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and then he went up there, and he was up there for a little while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I got to I got to work yeah. with yeah. Carol. So the semi pro team was at ISA before, before Carol. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's crazy. Some people listening may not know what we're talking about. Yeah. No, <laughs> me but... included. Like, what? <laughs> Carol who? Carol is the... No, the... I know. I remember yeah. you telling me. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. She's great. Great. Great lady. Yeah. And I mean, thanks to her, ISA is still running. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. she probably would have sold it off to someone else right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, they... I Before COVID, I was there. Oh, yeah. And so I got let go due to COVID because I was the last person in. Yeah. I worked in the office. I I did. I don't know any of the managers. I, I was at the fields once that some. When was COVID? 20? 20. 2020. So I was at this. I was at a summer camp. Like February, March. Yeah, of 2020. But I was at the. Uh, there was a summer camp brand on twenty the summer of 2019. And they needed a, a female there. Because it was a soccer camp for boys and girls of Oklahoma City Public Schools. And so they needed a girl in there just in case anything happened, any injuries. A lot of, like, the the trainers, the coaches that were there with the kids were majority males. So I got to go assist, and it was really fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, to answer your question, though, going back to, like, the the coach and with. uh, Oh, yeah. The, I'm saying that my point of view, mm-hmm. we didn't have that problem. Really? No, I think I really don't know what it was. I think it was just the opening up of, of you, yeah. uh, the coach. I think he was just, as soon as I met him, I mean, he made me run laps in PE. So that made me <laughs> mad. Because, <laughs> see, back in the day, we had A day and B day. Do you know what that is? Um, No. Cause Our I... classes were an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. yeah. So running for that amount of time. Mm. <laughs> and oh, if you. Would... Were burning the track. No, I was not. No, no, I was not. He's spreading his kindness. I was not. No, see that positivity going across yes. the table. Right I now. ran like three laps, and I'm like, "Can I? Is that okay? Okay, yeah." But you're gonna get a B. I'm like, "That's fine." Okay with a B. Uh, because uh, Capitol Hill here in Oklahoma City, it's a big the the gym where we did. It was. It's a two-story building. So the seats were not on the bottom. The bottom was like the gym area, and we sat on the second floor. So if you wanted to sit out the class, you had to walk your butt up to the second (laughs) floor. So you worked out anyway. (laughs) And eventually, um, we just started running around, you know, laps on the top. But I would, you know, sneak in my hot Cheetos and, you know, I was running. But no, I think... Yeah, to answer your question, we didn't have that problem. And I think it was because he was just really open to get to know us individually. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think he has to try hard. I think he just has to... A lot of us, and I will say this, we were in really dire need of somebody to look up to, I think. Yeah. And and having that with him, that helped a lot to be able to just be honest with him. Yeah. And be like, hey, uh, like, okay, no joke, like... Like whatever, whatever we we you know whatever issue we had, so I mean that was really easy with with us. It wasn't like, you know. and and that's good to be to to have that impact on the kids. Um, I won't say his name's Brandon. I won't say Brandon d- didn't have any 
kind of impact on the kids because he did and he got to receive some cards and stuff like that um during his teaching career so far he just started but um he did get you know even as a student teacher he received a lot of good feedback but um I do think he and and maybe it's just the time or I don't know if it's because these kids I mean bless their heart and for the kids and the teachers because he's teaching a lot of kids that don't even know English uh-huh. like can't even speak it and he has to translate through another teacher to get to the kids so it's just so hard to connect with them that way and yeah. I don't think the school like the school system helps really because I feel like they try to just make their those kids' life easier by having this translator instead of making them learn the language. Because when when I went to school, I didn't know English, but I didn't have no translator. I my translator it. was a kid. Like I remember my my when I when I got here to this country, I was like in first grade. I didn't get a translator till like second, maybe third grade, and that's because we we were learning how to read uh-huh. or we were learning how to read big books. I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> you know, like, but, but I, I do think it, like I said, going back to him, uh, I, I don't know if you can remember this. I probably, I don't think you will, but there was one time we have a no gum policy. Really? Yeah. In the whole school? Well, yeah, but we didn't listen, but we still had it. So whenever I remember going to his class, <laughs> I hope you don't remember this. I was like, no, I will <laughs> and I was like, he's like, oh, you know, you need to spit out your gum, whatever. And I remember you guys had a trash can right next to the desk right there. And I was like, mm? he's like, come here, come here. I'm like, no, no, hablo inglés. He's like, <laughs> chicle, out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dang it. And then I said, dang it. He's like, what? You speak English? So, I mean. <laughs> Tony. I'll tell you, we were bad kids. <laughs> But I mean, it, it's really just the fact that somebody cares. I think if if, if anybody's in like in the school uh, uh, business to teach or to to whatever, as long as you care, I think that's all it really takes. Yeah. You know, for you to just be the best at it. I mean, because like I said, in our area on the south side back then, we needed a lot of you know male role models. We needed a lot of um, people that could just say, "What's wrong with you?" A lot of mentors. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we had that with several teachers. And and they you know, still need that. I mean, yeah, I mean, all the time. Especially yeah. now after COVID, I feel like I feel bad for these kids. Like, I don't know what I would have done if we had COVID back when we were in high school. Like, I would have failed. Yeah. That's, it's really hard, to, you know. It just made you run a few more laps. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't pause the TV. <laughs> Keep running. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, it just takes a special person to care. And no, yeah. By the way, sure. I've, I've, well, you talked about your husband. I think he does that. He, yeah, yeah. No, he does, and I mean, it. it I just, I just think he, his biggest struggle is the whole language barrier. Um, but I mean, I will say I learned uh, a few choice words that I uh, that we can't repeat. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> but, you did. But, but they would laugh. Oh, I'm sure they us. would. They'd say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, they would, There's you know, a tell us something, and then we yeah. just we in the middle of a game, 
we would use that, and then they we turn around, and the whole bench is just snickering, and we're like, okay, I'm not saying that again. See, I don't know if people know this about soccer. I've learned this the hard way. There's certain words you can't say while you're playing soccer. Like, there's certain... Uh, and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, you can't say "pass me the ball." Like, is that true? No, you can. Oh, you can. Yeah. Somebody lied to me. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They probably were snickering at you too at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I get. Told you he was on the end of the bench. No. He was, he was, it was. It was just. A, it was a great way. We made sure he was everywhere because he was just kept us laughing. To tell you, I wanted to become the mascot, and we had <laughs> at that time we had a naked baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, back then we were a different name under the high school, and it was like a little baby Indian. Yeah. And the Indian only wore like a rope here to here, and I was like, I wonder if they would let me do that. <laughs> We all said, no. No. Don't. Don't. No. We're not going there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you just traveled with a team. I mean, for a while I did uh, because I had uh, friendships within the group. So eventually I just ended up meeting everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to say that I was like the popular kid because I hardly spoke. But when I did, I said something stupid. And everybody so was everybody just, laugh. Yeah. So they just kind of <laughs> kept me around. But... Um, <laughs> No, I wasn't a part of the team. No, I think I would have destroyed the team. I'm, I was really bad at soccer. I uh, all right, I but you did get in the game. <laughs> did you really? Um, do we have any like highlight? No, <laughs> no. I don't think I did. I think no, I see, did. that's the good thing that we didn't have phones back then. We, we <laughs> yeah, because there would be video. That would be. Video. <laughs> but they had the big old cameras. <laughs> We didn't. <laughs> we we videoed our games. We just didn't video that game. Darn. Yeah, that's that's the Lord's will. That, that's how that went. That would have been a perfect clip for um the <laughs> promo. For the, for, yeah, for the promo. Put it on Instagram and Facebook. No, and I, I, I didn't do it at all. Because I played soccer in middle school and like elementary, but I don't know. I was... I, um, <laughs> See, because whenever you play with rough kids, we didn't have any in the high school, but when I was little, we did. And those names hurt. And I was like, yeah. I'm playing this. Like, yeah. I'm going to get in a fight. But um, no, yeah, I'm glad we didn't record none of that. <sighs> no. It been fun. Yeah. <laughs> but tell everybody a little bit about uh, Nutmeg Football Academy. Um, just a, it's a nonprofit that uh, me and my buddy had, had started. We we're actually kind of got it going right before COVID. And um, right now we're basically kind of just kind of in a reset just yeah. uh, with COVID going on kind of. So we're going to get things kicked off and going again. Um, we, we really look at um, hosting events, leagues, tournaments, um, you know, and uh, things like that for, right now for futsal and yeah. it'll eventually grow into other things um and uh so we really want we really use that uh nonprofit uh, for us to be able to go ahead and give back yeah give back to the communities that we serve not just here locally but across the state yeah um and so and like i said like i said we've we've got a lot of uh a lot of good things coming um I'm just, excited. Just, just pushing that, uh, pushing that reset button and uh, getting things kind of moving again. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't, 
I really didn't know that you had that going on. Do you have a Facebook page for it? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to tag it while we yeah, this episode. Yeah. yeah we, we're on uh, all the social media. On Facebook, it's NFA Futsal, and then Twitter, NFA Futsal, and Instagram, NFA Futsal. So, I'm going to tag y'all. So you guys yeah. can go check them out, give them a like, subscribe. They take uh, donations as well, I'm sure. Do yeah, we're, we're working on the uh, non-profit. We are a recognized non-profit with the state of Oklahoma, and we are in the process. We're in the process of getting the uh, the official IRS documents for the tax exempt. Yeah, so well, and that'll awesome. be something very exciting for the community. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, once we once we have that. The IRS process down with the tax exempt stuff. I'm gonna hit the ground um, running. We'll be we'll be ready to go. Yeah, full bore. Start really establishing a lot more partnerships. But if anybody's interested, definitely just shoot us an email. Yeah, or um, write to us. Um, yeah, or, or yeah, get a hold of a uh, get a hold of Tony. And, yeah, but I will uh, tag whenever uh, this episode premieres. I'll go ahead and tag y'all on there. So if you guys want to go ahead and check it out and. Get more and info. A lot of the a lot of the info and stuff on there you'll see is probably some of the stuff we did last year as we were kicking off before 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 COVID. Yeah. And uh and like I said, we've got things coming in the future that we'll that we'll that we'll keep keep moving forward with. For yeah, sure. That's and amazing. I'm exciting. I'm excited too. I I'm can't excited. wait to see what you guys do. Yeah. I mean, you've done so much so far, I can only imagine, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be fun for sure. Yeah. Especially you, that like you got to have him as a coach. I wish I would have had a cool soccer coach like you. <laughs> yeah, be jealous. Uh, I am. My coach, I mean, <laughs> my like actual coach, coach, he was cool, but he didn't have a big relation. Like, he was a, a math teacher at the, t- like, also, and um. he was like very focused into like the whole math. Like, he was more focused into like his actual subject of teaching math yeah. than like his soccer team. And then, like, the actual head coach was just Something out else. there just to be <laughs> yeah. out there. So, we didn't have like a whole mentor type of thing yeah. on the soccer field. So, yeah. it, it doesn't make a difference. No, for sure. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, especially Someone to just be encouraging. Yeah, and the fact that we had something in common, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I hated soccer, but I mean that still kept me around apparently enough <laughs> yeah. to, you to know, to get to meet someone. Yeah, really yeah, special for sure. So um, we're gonna go through the lightning round before the episode's over, and Sweet. I hope you're ready, oh, sir. We'll try. Okay, number one, which I feel like I we would know the answer by now. What <laughs> cheers you up? Yes, just. Being around people, yeah, you know, being around people, be able to see people succeed or help people succeed. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, who are the three most influential people in your life? Oh, uh, three most influential: my wife and my two daughters. Mm. Shout out to her. Oh, I yeah. don't think we said her name, did we? No, yeah. but it's okay because you know she might not be okay with the same name. <laughs> okay, what irritates you about a person? Negativity. That whole the whole concept to me just I mean flat out just negativity does not exist in my world because I can control it. Have you had had someone so negative that you were just like I just have to cut you off completely? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Did you feel bad cutting them off? It was a family member. Mm. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah, sadly. Unfortunately, it was decisions that he made, and, yeah. and I tell him said you stop doing that, I'll be back. Yeah. And again, that's something that I didn't I didn't like. 
mm-hmm. I didn't agree with. So, so I respectfully told him the situation, how I felt. Yeah. And gave him the option. You change it. I'll be back. You don't. I won't. Haven't seen him since. And that was when I was a teenager. Oh, snap. Okay. Um, but see, you didn't, you didn't let that detain you. You didn't let that hold you back. You know, that just kept you going. And oops, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a lot of Sorry, you could always hurt yourself. <laughs> I know. It's okay. But it's um it takes a lot of <clears throat> courage. It does take courage, yeah. And to make those kind of decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Uh I don't know how much you enjoy Mexican stuff, but if okay. you do, what is your favorite Mexican dessert? Or sweet bread. I don't know if you had the sweet bread, but okay, well, your favorite I mean, Mexican dish. I, I, I will tell I will tell you. Kind of dig the silver peas. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Next time you come, so over. I haven't had other desserts because I had see, really okay. an option to me. Next time, but you come, we're gonna have uh, some pandulce. Yeah, at least <laughs> like give I'm them an empanada or something. I'm all for it. Silver peas. It's because that's what they give out at Ted's, yeah. and <laughs> they give it all the restaurants. <laughs> Yeah, they are pretty good though. They are. Lie. They are. But I never for, used to eat them with honey. Yeah, I. You know who introduced me to eat them with butter? Apparently, butter and honey you're supposed to eat them together like that. I was like, Ugh. No. and no, then you I just had it honey. No, you like it with you're butter just and judging honey. Me now. No, I, I only had it once. It's usually, it's usually honey or the glaze. Okay. Well, <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring you next time something Mexican. That way, you know. Sweet. Yeah. What okay. about your favorite Mexican dish? Oh, well, yeah. Enchiladas are my go-to. <laughs> Red or green? Um, it's just the cheese sauce that they put over. Yeah. <laughs> just gobs and gobs of cheese, right? Yeah, cheese you can't be everything. wrong with cheese. No, cheese is the delicious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Like the Taken movies. Oh Ooh. my gosh, those are so good. Yeah. yeah I love really Taken movies. Yeah. I don't like action movies, but that one kept me up. Yeah. Those are good. No, all those three, are good. All, all yeah. three of them are. Yeah. All three of them are good. They remind me of my dad. Good. My dad loved them. Yeah. We would watch them all. No, maybe I need to watch them with my dad. Okay. What scares you? Hmm, what scares me? It's hard to say because, like I said, I just feel like you're very fearless. I just, yeah, I get I that. Just, too. I just, I just go. You Not know? even snakes. Snakes don't scare mm. you or something. Spiders. Um, La Llorona. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scares this man, young uh, man. Wish have I you heard have. of the? I'm just, have you I'm heard just, of her? I'm just real. Call <laughs> like, have you heard of her? Have what? you heard of La Llorona? Uh, ooh, <laughs> she's an urban legend in okay. Mexico that she scares people. Like, supposedly she murdered her husband and her kids, uh-huh. and then her ghost haunts the town. But she murdered. Uh, sounds like a horror movie. Well, well they made they it into, made a, it horror into a horror oh, okay. movie. Yeah, but but she, but she she killed her kids and her husband. She drowned them, mm-hmm. and so. At least that's what the story I grew up with was yeah. that she drowned them. Yeah. And so growing up, um, my family, my 
my aunt and uncle in California, they their backyard, like they had their backyard, and behind their backyard was a big long canal. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. And yeah. so <laughs> we would always hear noises. noises, and we would always say it was La Llorona. And yeah. my cousin's a cop, and so there was one time he was there, and he had to go out with his gun because he was hearing a lot of noises. Yeah. And so... I mean, I never heard him, but... I believe in it because of that time. Yeah. I just... It, yeah. just, it just hits you right there, didn't yeah. it? I mean that's what that's how they made us go to sleep back then. Like if you don't oh, go to sleep, oh we'll yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, el cucuy, yeah, <laughs> yes, the boogeyman. Okay, besides soccer, what was your favorite game as a child? Besides soccer, oh, or besides I, sports, I should say. Besides sports, yeah. What was your favorite game? I don't know. Did tag? Places. Well, I don't know. Like card games. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Just some card games. Some blackjack? Some blackjack. Some, I mean, you name it. Uno. Anything. Okay. Mm. Goldfish? Goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I played some mean goldfish. Let me tell you. See, I, I always thought that people that played gar- card games are really smart. Because I could never... I don't know, man. I'm just lazy. I never got into card games besides Uno and like. No, for sure. Like blackjack, I played blackjack like at a casino one time, but I was so scared to play it because you have to count. Yeah. I'm, I'm horrible with numbers, and, I, <laughs> and you don't have to count a lot. But it's just like you have to be quick at it, and I'm just over here like one, two, three, four. Five. I mean, yeah. Have you ever played slapjack? I mean, or yeah. was it twenty one or yeah? Is this slapjack? slapjack. I yeah. played that. Yeah, slapjack. You just turn the card over. Jack hits you. Yeah, you okay. hit it. Yeah, and yeah. then you keep the card. Twenty one is blackjack. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, he see, got, he got he got educated today. <laughs> I did. Right. By, by so many angles in life. Did you ever played? Um, so I don't know if you're a drinker or not, but did you ever? No. So you, you never heard of riding the bus with the card game? No. Yeah. I'm sorry, huh? What Ride, is that? Riding the bus. It's a it's a very scary game. Does it involve taking up clothes? No. It, oh, I, I said drinking game. There, you know, I've seen drinking games where this, this is going down. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, you could have dinner with three people, uh, dead or alive. Who would you have dinner with? Mm, it would be... I'll make it probably... I'll make it easy. It would be Pele. Is that a soccer player? Mm-hmm. Okay. It would be Pele. You can look it up later. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Pele? Okay. Make it happen, Pele, if he's listening. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I would go with Mia Ham, and I would go with Michael Jordan. So I'm guessing the two were soccer players, and then obviously Michael Jordan. Do you know who yeah. Michael Jordan is, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this negativity out of my life. Right yes, yes. She's throwing it. She's throwing it. Yes, I know who Michael Jordan is. He did Space Jam. <laughs> Look at you. I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> no, I know who you are. I know. Chicago just... Bulls, right? Do no. what? Chicago Bulls? Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was hoping Sorry. that was it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear very well. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. How would you like to be remembered? Selfless. Selfless? Yep. 
That's sufficient enough to me. Yeah. Okay. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a soccer field here. Enjoy. Yep. Oh, well, Coach. I call you Coach. Yeah. That's how I know you, buddy. Coach. Thank you for being here. It was such a pleasure. It's been a blast. Yeah. It was enlightening for sure. Yep. And um, hoping that people are listening, they learn what I did today. Mm-hmm. For sure. And not only about you, you know, but about life. And um, <clears> how <throat> we put we put this into practice, you know, from now on. And let's hope that we make our communities better by being better and our homes by being better and mm-hmm. changing our mentality. So, <clears throat> yeah. So no, thank for you. sure. And it was it was a pleasure meeting you, you know, just. Yeah. I knew, I knew once you you were about to start your story. Story, I knew you had something great to share, and it was it was an honor, you know, being able to sit here next to you and just hear you tell it, telling us about it. It was amazing. Yeah. And I just, I just hope that with you know that you keep growing with your nonprofit organization and just that you get to reach a lot of other people because mm-hmm. um you you have a special story you know you have these experiences and just this mentality that that I won't say everyone needs it I mean they do need it but you know not everybody can be like you and so but if someone can just take a little bit of what you have to offer mm-hmm. it'll make a big change the easiest yeah. easiest thing to do we talk about serving others, that servant attitude. Mm-hmm. Just do one thing a day for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Even you have all your own internal issues, find one thing to do for somebody. That's it. Just one thing. And eventually, mm-hmm. it can help you with your own situation as well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've learned something today. And, you know, I'm hoping that people are listening. If they want to write to you, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, if they want to write to you, I'm going to tag, you know, uh, your page on it and, um, you know, reach out to him for more wisdom. And if you want to write to us to tell him something, maybe if you're shy to get a hold of you, you know, follow Brown Podcast at Yahoo.com, our social medias. And um, thank you again for coming. And I hope this won't be the last time. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate it. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Thank you. And listeners, thank you so much I'll see for if tuning in. I can find in. that video somewhere. No. <laughs> no. Yes. I know it's not out there. I don't remember any cameras being out there. Because it would have been one of the big ones that had the big roll film on it. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that old. <laughs> you ain't that old. Uh, I feel old like that. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank yeah. you, listeners. And until the next time. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, my dear listeners, if you're listening to this part of the episode, that means that you made it through the entire episode. Congratulations. We do highly appreciate it. I just wanted to use this time to remind you that your voice matters. You deserve to be heard. 
follow us on our social media at Fuller Brown Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to share your story or you want to be a participant of this podcast, please write to us at fullerbrownpodcast at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Until the next time. Bye.